0: Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We have for you some updated NHL playoff round one action. It is now day three of the NHL playoffs, and it has been an extremely exciting and fun time uh, for some of you, maybe not for all of you. Uh, As Jets fans, we're still on the sidelines, mostly trying to figure out who to bandwagon. So you'll get your pick of the litter, and you can check up on some standings from tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets coming right at you. Hey friends, uh, thank you for pulling up a chair to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked Jets your first listen of the day, every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We have audio and video versions of this podcast available, so you can take us on the go, listen at home. We're available for you twenty four seven every day of the week. On tonight's episode, I thought it would be fun to talk, uh, to take a look at the um, updated NHL playoffs action. I think it's been a pretty crazy start to this year's playoffs. Obviously, we have a very stacked field, but you know, the first round of games I think have had some very interesting results. Maybe some unexpected scorelines, maybe a few surprises here and there, um, but certainly. Not for a uh, not for a lack of drama, especially early on. Before we talk about that, though, I did want to take a look at uh, a brief thing that has popped up from Elliot Friedman that I did say I wanted to discuss. If there was maybe a little bit more grounding to it, um, and after I had some time to think about it, um, this rumor from Elliot Friedman was that you know not really rumor, I guess he was speculating about who the Jets might be in contact with, uh, Randy Carlyle and Scott Arneal, um, as potential options for the coaching staff. I, I think when it comes to Elliot Friedman saying something, though, it's, it's usually not just speculation. It's because someone somewhere has mentioned something. I don't think that he puts names out there uh, necessarily in a vacuum. So, um, in my mind, I feel like, you know, we've heard rumors recently about Shipman being uh, a lot more hands on with the team than you would probably expect from somebody in his position. That's stuff that I've heard over the years. It does seem like it's finally gone public. So, um, that being the case, I, I think Carlisle and Arneil are guys who either have connections to the organization, to the city, or you know, to the former team. And at least Carlisle has said that he wants to be coaching in the NHL again. Which, um, for the Jets, I would I would probably advise moving away from. Uh, Carlisle may have a championship title to his name, but you know that was a different era of hockey and quite frankly once you started to look at his coaching impacts and how the ducks played um and how the leafs were under him neither team was as good as you might think um the ducks i think had a lot of really amazingly talented players and so uh maybe they were able to mask some of his tactical deficiencies but you know the other 10 years that he's had he's never really been uh, you know a high-end elite winner and i think as far as his coaching style is concerned I can't really see him improving this team. Uh, I think it would actually be not that dissimilar from Dave Lowry. Maybe a little bit more NHL experience there, but in terms of you know poor defensive structure, mediocre uh, offensive structure, I just can't really see ideas from him that would be uh, particularly great. Unless in the time that he's been out of the league, he has studied and, and really changed the way that he thinks about the game. Maybe he has. Um, I just feel like if you're looking for a candidate and you you sort of realize that you don't have more than maybe a season or two left with the group, mostly as it is, uh, that makes it imperative to make the right hire. And I think if you're looking externally, there's not really many options that I, that I think would be super awesome. I kind of circle back to Pascal Vincent as a potential, uh, you know, I wouldn't say fringe option, but I think he's probably a little bit riskier than some of the other choices, uh, both he and Morrison, right. Um, you know, the, the jets have a lot of familiarity as AHL coaches, but we don't really know in terms of like NHL head coaching experience, what they might do at this level. I do think Vincent is more progressively oriented and the same can be said of Morrison. So in that respect, I think if you had a choice between, uh, a guy like Carlisle or Vincent slash Morrison, I would probably say, uh, you know, go with the Moose coaches. I think in the, the current climate and the culture of hockey and the way that the game has evolved, I feel like the way that the Moose have played uh, under both head coaches is probably more of what the Jets should be looking to do. Not everything. Um, certainly we've seen some really odd decisions here and there, like having, what what was it, like three or four defenders on the power play at one point. I get that they might be your most offensively gifted players, but maybe don't use them on your uh, your scoring advantage. Maybe try and leave it at least to the forwards. Aside from that, though, I think you know the Jets right now, uh, or at least the Moose are uh, the Manitoba Moose are, are playing a really aggressive press, um, lots of fast counters, and they've done you know a, a lot of damage against really good teams with at times extremely limited resources. It's not like it's something that you can say is. Um, I don't know that it's a situation that you really want to replicate at the NHL level. I think it's more like given what you have on hand due to injuries and stuff, uh, you know, you, you, made the best of a really bad situation and the Moose are one of the top seeds in the AHL playoffs. So, uh, I believe their series actually starts today. Is it, um, uh, I forget who they're playing. It might be Milwaukee. Um, uh, I think it was the ads I want to say. But whatever the situation is, you know that the moose have um, hopefully a really good run, and I'm I'm rooting for them. I think they're playing Nashville's affiliate. Uh, I don't remember what city it is even at this rate. Some of these AHL franchises have relocated, and I, I admittedly don't follow it as much as I used to. Um, last year, I definitely watched, uh, or maybe it was like two years ago, I watched the Moose when uh, you know the playoff bubble hockey was occurring, but. Since then, I've just been getting a lot of reports from folks uh, around the league and certainly catching some Moose highlights when I can. And I, I do think the uh, the Moose, from what I've seen, they look really fast. They look really aggressive. Um, they've got some very gifted goal scorers. Greg Morales has seemingly been a, uh, a really great gem in the rough, so I, I hope that uh, he can continue to really bag points and goals for this Manitoba squad. And, you know, they're getting defensive reinforcements, this should be you know one of the top teams to beat and if they really show off well maybe morrison actually gets to look at this head coaching position next season again i think you know the jets need to take some risks here don't just go with nhl experience because you think that's the safe choice go with guys who can actually help you change the culture of of your team and maybe the way that you think about hockey go for a more offensively gifted offensively minded uh, philosophy and i think you're going to see and really start to reap the benefits of a team that is faster, more aggressive, and frankly has caught up to modern times. But, you know, for now, we don't really know who's actually the primary candidate. So we're not going to say too much more than that, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it and, and let you know when a coaching decision is getting closer talk talk about any of the major rumors and go over how that will affect the Jets over the next few months. Uh, for now, though, I wanted to shift gears and talk about the present because We have uh, NHL Playoff Hockey, and it has been an absolute treat, especially for us neutrals. Before we talk about that, though, I do want to shout out our wonderful friends at Bilt Bar. Now, if you've heard me talk about Bilt Bar, you know that I'm a big fan of them. Uh, If you're not really sure what they are, they're the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar. Um, And right now is really the best time to give them a try. Summer's coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Whether you're looking for the perfect snack to take with you on vacation, something to give your kids in their backpacks wherever they're traveling to, or whether they're still going to school, you know, we all need some kind of a pick-me-up, and built Bars are super awesome, they're extremely delicious, and they're guilt-free. They've got some awesome flavors like churro puff, raspberry dark chocolate, which is a personal favorite, coconut, coconut almond, whatever flavor you're into, they've got something just for you. And if you can't decide... They've got a mixed box with 12 different flavors that you can assemble so you can get a nice little sample and figure out what your future favorite flavor might be. As great as they taste, they're even better for you, with most built Bars clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So you can enjoy all of the greatness of a candy bar, but with none of the guilt. To place your order, go to built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off with com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, about to kick off our day three coverage of the NHL playoffs. Uh, before we go any further, though, just wanted to say thank you so much again for choosing to make Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, I really encourage you to check out our Locked on Now program. It's a super awesome, super unique offering from uh basically all of our network podcast hosts, we give you really hard-hitting analysis, uh, rumors, updates, news, all of the latest action around your favorite teams delivered to you in 20 to 30 second se- uh, segments. So you get the most important analysis and the critical takeaways in a digestible, easy-to-use format that you know you can find on your favorite podcasting platforms for free, like Odyssey, Megaphone, YouTube, Spotify whatever platform you're listening to us on, you can find locked on now on the same platform. So give them a subscription, give them a follow. We really love and appreciate your support. Now, as far as, uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of daily updates, right? We've had uh, another day of NHL playoff action, this one being uh, day three, and it, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, we had uh, Pittsburgh and the New York Rangers again, Um, Actually, I want to start off with day two, because I think I I don't know if I've covered day two yet. Um, Day two ended up being yesterday. And uh, these series, you know, this was, I think, for a lot of folks, um, some interesting results. Tampa Bay against the Toronto Maple Leafs, they ended up clawing back in their series five to three. Uh, This was one that I think you probably expected Tampa Bay to to rally back. Um, This was, I I think, a, a pretty good game. Uh, Toronto actually had a good start, but Tampa Bay eventually started showing up at even strength and, and getting the Maple Leafs into some issues with discipline. And when you give Tampa Bay so many power plays, uh, eventually they just sort of overwhelmed the Leafs. And I think Toronto, it, you know, they were expecting at least a game here or there where they were going to drop results. Overall, I don't think Toronto really needs to change a ton other than just not to take a lot of penalties. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, but overall, I mean, this is still going to be a very close series. I do think Toronto has the competitive edge here and is just, you know, they're fresher. They're a little bit faster, and I think they're going to recover from their mistakes and show up in a big way in the next game on the road. That'll this, this was actually day three, so their next game is going to be on day five, which should be really interesting. I would recommend checking it out. You know, all, these games have all been super fun, but this series especially has been pretty close. Uh, one of the other games, uh, earlier in the day that wasn't quite as close was Boston versus Carolina. Now Boston actually came out of the gates again, uh, generating some pretty good scoring opportunities and trying to really find ways past Carolina's defense and goaltending. But for some reason, they've just not really been able to do it so far. Um, Carolina, you know, they're still without Freddie Anderson right now, uh, in net. I think they've got, uh, let's see. Someone I'm not super familiar with, as far as I recall. Oh, it's it's Ante Danta and uh, somebody named Kochechko, Kochechkov, um, who I'm not, I don't actually know who this is. Uh, I don't know if there was another injury. Pyotr Kochechkov, uh, Kochechkov I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, I don't know if he's like a recent arrival to the team. Um, I believe this is actually his first NHL game or maybe... I don't actually see a lot for him in terms of his his statistical record. Oh, he actually does have a couple of games uh, for Carolina. Uh, No numbers to speak of that would really stand out in any particular way, but uh, I think this is like the second or third goalie Carolina has already had over the past couple of months. And so, you know, the Canes, they are kind of pressed like everyone else's for injury help right now. But um, as far as the, the forwards and defense are concerned, This team is still clicking along. Um, They've definitely conceded a lot of shots, uh, conceded a lot of shots to the Bruins, but it hasn't really been enough to put them in a situation where they're in trouble. Uh, They've just seemingly outscored their opposition by a pretty healthy margin. Uh, This game, they won five to two. They got uh, contributions from Ajo and more interestingly, Nino Niederreiter. He's actually got three playoff goals now, which I think is a lot more than you would probably expect from somebody like him. I've always felt that when it comes to breakout candidates in scoring in the league, Niederreiter has kind of been up there for me, but he's just never really been able to clear that bar. He's a phenomenal playmaker, but in terms of a goal scorer, uh, hasn't really clicked for him uh, at various points in his career. Maybe you could say he's a little bit unlucky. Uh, Maybe you just think he doesn't actually have that finishing talent. Whatever the case is, um, at least in this playoff run, it's not been an issue. You could say he's over a goal a game already. So yeah, a pretty good start for Niederreiter and the Canes. I I do think Carolina might have some issues if they were to face a a Panthers squad. I mean, Florida is Florida, right? But uh, at least against the Bruins, they're not facing a team that has a lot of high-end scoring talent, so they can still work around this and probably get through without too, too many issues. Uh, Now, there were two more games on day three's docket, and we'll talk about those from the Western side of things in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out the wonderful folks at BetOnline.net. I've actually used BetOnline before to bet on a Bundesliga match or two. uh, And at the time, I was a complete noob and and really had no experience with online betting. So I was kind of nervous about it. But BetOnline made it super easy and super approachable for just about anyone, whether you're uh, really, you know, an online betting expert or somebody who really doesn't have a lot of experience with it. And, you know, they're, they're more than just a betting site. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. They've got all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, rumors, transactions, uh, everything from basketball playoffs to the MLB season and even the Kentucky Derby. But if you're not into sports, no problem. They've also got plenty of live casino games to keep you entertained. And they've also got plenty of news updates and information so you can do a spot of reading while you're going through your latest betting lines. They really are your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, uh, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more. Getting started couldn't be uh, easier. Just go to betonline.net to register for a free account on your laptop or mobile device. Again, you know, give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? You have a little bit of fun. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to tonight's episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the uh, the day three of NHL playoff action. It's been a really fun, you know, start to the postseason so far, and thanks to the staggered start times, I've actually gotten to watch more of it than usual. So uh, we talked about the Eastern Conference games. Now we're on to the Western Conference, which has uh, a couple of series that have been very lopsided in scorelines. The one that I really didn't expect to have such a wide uh, chasm in, in scoring um, was uh, St. Louis versus Minnesota. I thought that this series would be high scoring, but for both teams. It's not really been that case. Uh, St. Louis sort of owned the first game, despite a strong offensive effort from Minnesota. And in the second game, the Wild kind of creamed the Blues 6-2. to Now, when you look at the expected goal metrics and uh, certainly the shooting charts and stuff, I think at points this series has been closer than it looks, but, uh, you know, definitely in terms of some shaky goaltending here and there and some great finishing from both teams, it's been a a wild and woolly series. I think, you know, St. Louis for me is probably the team that I think will emerge victorious. Something about the wild just hasn't quite clicked for me yet. Uh, I, I feel. A little bit less sure of their performance. And this is something that I've had with the wild for a couple of seasons now, even when they're a really strong team, I just feel like there's something maybe a little bit lacking in the way that they play. Um, Maybe it's a lack of like high end elite scoring talent past guys like Kaprizov, you know, you go towards the depth. And while the depth is defensively resolute and and very productive, you know, you kind of need a little bit more offensive punch against teams like the blues. Now, you know, so far it hasn't been a, a big issue, but you know, going on the road to St. Louis, this is a team that's already won a Stanley cup. They're very experienced and the blues play pretty darn good hockey. So I'm curious to know how they're going to handle the road trip. I I could see this being a very pivotal point of the series. If uh, Minnesota starts to fall behind, if they have to come home, you know, facing what, like a three, one series deficit or something, it's going to be brutal. But, um, the Wild are not a team that I think I would also count out. I think they've still got plenty of time to turn things around. I just don't know if they're going to be able to against the Blues. St. Louis, you know, so long as Husso doesn't completely implode in net, should be able to put on a really good home, sh- home showing for their their fans. But yeah, a very interesting start to this series. Seems kind of like a coin flip right now. I don't really know who I would take, but um, I'm, I'm still leaning the Blues, but I think there's a fair argument for either team in this situation. The other game that occurred was Edmonton versus LA. This one saw the Oilers basically just walk over the Kings 6-0. Really not a lot to say about this game. Uh, it was pretty one-sided. Uh you know, just like the first game, Edmonton definitely outplayed the Kings, but this time the Kings did not get any miraculous saves, and Mike Smith was a lot less shaky in that. So yeah. If the oilers start clicking, I, I think the Kings are going to have a really uphill battle, and it wouldn't shock me if they end up falling out. Now, there is one more game that I'll get to on tonight's episode. Uh we're gonna preview one game from the uh, following day, which from my recording time is actually just a few hours ago. This one was New York versus Pittsburgh. Um you know that the Penguins now have Louis Domingue net, it and it's been a little bit tumultuous for this team because they're playing pretty darn good hockey, but they're really starting to sustain some serious injuries. Brian Dumoulin went out, uh, and he is one of their most important defenders. So Dumo going down, not exactly a great time if you're a Penguins fan. The Rangers are not really playing great hockey either, to be honest, but they ended up finding themselves on a winning decision 5-2. to two. A lot of it probably came down to Igor Shesterkin just being an absolute wall. I think this stat that I saw was he's faced 96 shots or something and saved 93 or 94% of them, which is pretty crazy. Uh, if you're going to pump tons of opportunities on that in like two games and not score uh, more than just a couple of goals, you're going to be in trouble. So yeah, the Rangers, um, they have really good scoring depth, even if the play driving ability maybe isn't there yet. But in terms of finishing talent and stuff, I, I think the Penguins, you know, the more injuries they sustain, the further behind they're going to fall in the series. So, uh, unless Dominguez can kind of make this final stand and really show that he is capable of being uh, the lead starter, because he's going to have to be for the next at least uh, several games, it's it's an uphill battle. And I feel bad, but you know, there's not a lot that he can do. He's going to do his best. I think the Rangers are are probably going to prevail in this series, but you never know. Uh, they always say like the the team that wins first is usually the one to emerge victorious. And since Pittsburgh took the first game, maybe they're the ones fated to advance. Uh, You know, with the the roster situation that they're dealing with, though, uh, I'm not really thinking that's going to happen. So keep an eye on it. We've got plenty more playoff action coming up. And uh, over this weekend, I'll record some content for you uh, to give you an update on some of the latest stuff that'll that'll go live on Monday. We'll talk about some further games from day number uh, four of the NHL playoffs. And then I'll also give you some stuff from over the weekend. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.